to Italy that's maybe a little tougher than some previous years. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear about the extra professional contracts for Wales women ahead of their Six Nations campaign. But we'll also concentrate on the under-20s. And it's a chance to hear about some more stars of the future there. But firstly, the team to face Italy and coach Warren Gatland explained his thinking in making a few changes once again. Again, with, with the second row, we haven't picked Alan Wynn. It's something we've had spoken to him about for the start of the campaign. Uh, with Jack Morgan coming back in. Just feel with the way that Italy play, there's an opportunity for us to put some pressure on them and get over the ball. Probably with the loose head, with the wind starting, probably a bit more experience as a starter and feel that Gareth will come on and uh, make that impact at, um, in terms of that sort of second half in terms of his ability around the field uh, when the game does loosen up a little bit. And with uh, Reese, it's, it's a chance for him. We want to see where he's at at this, at this level. For Rio coming back, look, we've been happy with him. He's training really well. He's, his work rate's been outstanding. He's still raw and pretty cream, but he's got still a lot to learn at this level. And it was good debate at fullback with Liam Williams coming back in. We did discuss whether we put Lewis there and at fullback, and that was potential. And probably the thing with Lewis is he had that ankle injury for a number of weeks. He's still getting up to, to pace in terms of that. And again. We just thought his impact coming off the bench and when he does get that opportunity there, he'll come in and obviously have an impact. You know, we started him last week, we felt that we realised there was going to be a lot of kicking from England, which there, which there was, but you know, there's going to be a lot of high tempo and intensity in this game on Saturday. Owen Williams gets a vote of confidence at, at, at 10. No conventional fly half cover on the bench. Does that play into what you were talking about earlier in the campaign as regards to Joe Hawkins? Possibly well, I, think, I, think, that. I think there is conventional fly half cover because he's played there a, a lot. He's covered that position on a number of occasions for the Ospreys as well. So, and we've been running him there at trainings. Um, so he's looked comfortable there. You know, we're pretty happy with that. It gives us a little bit more cover on the bench with Lewis and, uh, and George in the midfield as well. So, being able to do that, so we're pretty happy with the way that he's been going, and he definitely looks comfortable there at ten as a cover option for us. Jack comes at six. Uh, he's obviously. Played at eight, plays for seven at the Ospreys. Where do you see him long term? Uh, we see him as seven, long term. I think um, you know, great competition in that position with the three sevens, and, and in fairness, there's some other good sevens in Wales as well that you know aren't in the squad at the moment. So we're pretty blessed in that position with the strength that we have. Like I said, there's going to be some opportunities and competition on the ball with the way that they play, and so we're looking for guys that compete pretty hard on the ball too. How difficult has it been, the necessity to make changes and the makeup of the campaign, is that, that just the reality of the situation for yourself coming in? This yeah, it's a, it's, it is at the moment and we've got, like I said, some of those older players where you know, we're not overplaying them, we're, how do we manage their load during this campaign, that's why we've given them some opportunities and you know, probably haven't backed them up for certain games, conscious of the following week as well. Defensively, um, and positionally, I thought Lee Halfpenny was outstanding against England. I know he's put a ball down, but he had some pretty tight hamstrings last week and was, was pretty tight, so you know he wasn't even considered for selection for this game. And, and Liam gets an opportunity to come back. We've had a good chat to him about, you know, we weren't happy with the first couple of games in terms of the yellow cards, and that's we've had that conversation. We've been you know disappointed with that, so you know he's just got to concentrate on playing rugby and, and playing to the letter of the law. 
players last year talked about being drawn into a bit of a slugfest against Italy in that final game. Given that they seem to be playing a, bit, a lot more freedom and width, how do you go about beating them? And is it the best Italy side you've faced? Oh, they've definitely probably the most athletic team that we've seen. I think losing Capuzzo, fullback's probably a big loss for them. They're trying to play a wide, wide game and and they've had some success in that in the tournament, but they've also been squeezed on a few occasions. We saw England do that and knock them back and put them under pressure. Ireland changed defensively from the first half. They got caught and were a little bit narrow against Italy in the, in the first half of their game. They got much better in the second half and, and got more width and put Italy under a lot more pressure in the second half. So, you know, we've looked at that. They'll try and move the ball from their own 22 from kickoffs and and stuff, and they'll try and play. A little, a lot of rugby, I said, like you know, go from coast to coast in terms of wide, wide. So if you get caught and you get narrow, you're going to, you, know, you can get punished, but you can also get uh, rewards from getting your spacings right and getting your line speed right defensively. You've often made a lot of changes against Italy. How close is this to your strongest team? Are you still <laughs> trying to work that out? We're still working through that. We're still, like I said, giving players the chance to impress, and you know, there's a balance between sort of continuity and and also giving those. You know, seeing where some players are at this level. We didn't in- include Chris in this game. You know, we've been happy with his progression. It's sometimes hard when those players are, are going back to England, missing the fellow weeks and the work that we're doing, and you've got that as opportunity with the players that are here. But you know, there's some players that have you know, definitely improved and players that still need more time at this level. Given that you made changes, you've kept the two young centres the same and a new potential role for Joe just... How much does that say about them as a partnership? Oh, I think they're still developing. They've got a lot, of, a lot of work to do as a as a partnership, and that continuity I think was quite important. There's been, we've, you know, we've had lots of changes over a period, and lots of different midfield combinations. So just trying to get some continuity there with that, and then 19-12 really with um, a bit with the Ospreys. That partnership staying the same. You know, they've had time as a as a partnership in the past and in, in the in the 20s. Probably looking a little bit more from you know Josh Adams, you know struggled a little bit against England because he was he was sick and you know he was he was throwing up at half time and that's why we made that change early and probably wasn't as sharp as he could have been. Thomas Williams a little bit the same as well. Both of them had sort of weren't feeling a hundred percent for that game and uh, and for this group it is a big opportunity for them to go out there and impress. It's also a big game out in Italy for Wales under twenties, looking for their first win of the Six Nations as well, of course. A chance to hear from some of the players now. Captain Ryan Woodman coming up, but first a chance to hear a bit more about Wing Thien Morgan, a talented sprinter who's chosen rugby ahead of athletics as his main sporting pursuit. But first, prop Dylan Kelleher Griffiths, who's playing for Wales under-20s, as well as wearing the famous Pontypool number one shirt this season. It will be all in the front row, and um, it will be a big thing to watch by for the Italy because of one of the past games, but um, I feel like we've we've worked on our scrums and our line-out more defence and attack, so very much looking forward to the game. This is always a chance just to find out a bit more about some of the players. Just for people who don't know a lot about you, give us some of the background. I grew up in Newport. I played in Cardiff for a lot of my junior rugby. I went to um, Newport High Rugby College and then was lucky enough to play for Dragons and then got brought on. And now I'm here. And playing off in Pontypool and in a pretty yeah. famous jersey, of course. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so just trying to live up to the greats. But, yeah, Pontypool is a very, very good, very good team, which I'm 
very happy to be playing for. If we needed a reminder about the Pontypool front row, and in particular the loose head, the number one jersey, the passing away of Charlie Faulkner yes, exactly. recently just brought that home a little bit more. Did that affect you as well? Yes, it did, to be fair, because um, I am the number one coming through for Pontypool, alongside a lot of the other boys that are playing in that position right now. But um, it was very sad to see that pass in, but I'm hope hoping that I can bring that through for this game and future games going forward. And an era of rugby, I guess you know very little about apart from some of the reputation, yeah. but yourself and Sam in the under-20s front row and the Pontypool front row, so a lot of people have been talking to you about it in the last few months, I suppose. Yeah, it has been a big thing, which um, I want to say puts pressure, but it, it just makes me very happy to, to just keep the Pontypool name, keep it going, and with Scarf as well, playing how he is, it just gives me a lot of hope to the future. And the championship's a good level. There are some pretty gnarled operators there. For the two of you to be playing that standard, what do you take out of it? Champ rugby and international rugby is completely different, but um, it does bring a lot of physicality that I can bring then to the international games, which is just a very good learning curve. Pace of play would be something very, very different, wouldn't it? Yeah, yes, it would. Um, hopefully, Pontypool will be progressing into the Prem, which hopefully I could stay with Pontypool for next year and then... Just keep maturing and keep playing. Good luck with it. I mean, talking about pace of play, how are you finding the decision to go rugby full-time instead of athletics? Yeah, um, yeah I think it's, it's a good decision. Obviously, at the time, I was in two minds where, what to do. But, yeah, quitting athletics and turning to rugby, I haven't really looked back since, to be honest. I'm getting ahead of myself a bit. Just go back, and for people who don't know an awful lot, just explain a bit of your sporting journey. About six, played rugby. And then done athletics at about the age of 10. Didn't take it quite as seriously until about about 15, I'd say. Um, and then started taking it a bit more seriously, along with rugby as well. Playing with um, Ospreys under 16s and 18s and stuff. And then, yeah, I started getting a bit better athletics, realising I was doing well, so I trained hard for that. And then getting a Wales 20s vest in uh, 2021. Yeah, it was a big achievement. But then making a decision to go to rugby because of contrasts and stuff with the Ospreys, so now with the 20s, yeah. And Welsh champion at some of the uh, the age levels? Yeah, um, well, under-17s, indoor 200-metre champion and long-jump champion as well, so, yeah, and then the under-20s champion outdoors in 2022 as well. So, yeah, a couple of decent achievements, I'd say. And in rugby terms, someone who can do the 100 metres in under 11 seconds, that's pretty rapid. That's international rapid. <laughs> well, you could say, yeah. But racing against guys who are even faster than me in athletics, it, it doesn't seem as fast. It seems really fast coming to the rugby field, you know. You played rugby all the way through, but how are you finding doing this now and committing to rugby and being certain this is your, your route forward? I think it's fine. I've done it since I was... Five or six, um, so I don't. I don't think it's much of a change. I've I've always done it, and like I always will. This is good. And the Ospreys picking you up and giving you that opportunity—that's a big part of it too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a big part, and also with the uni as well, playing Bucks rugby. I think that's helped. Starting last season is a big thing, and yeah, it's good. That Bucks rugby pathway is pretty impressive. There are a lot yeah. of good players. Yeah, there. yeah, it's, it's a high standard of rugby, and yeah, playing weekly against young boys. It's tough, but and especially Swansea at the moment, they're not doing too great in the, in the league. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a great experience playing for them. So the Island game, a couple of tries, 
maybe didn't show your full pace, they were both yeah. in relatively short range, but yeah. you know, people would be keen to give you, you know, see you get the ball a little bit further out with a little bit of, of space. I hope so, yeah, I hope to get the ball uh, a bit earlier to show a bit of pace, but it is what it is. There's a lot of competition in that back three, you know, a lot of pretty good players. Yeah, I mean, there's well, high blue, Ollie, yeah, they're, they're both good players and it's tough competition, but I just got to take my chance against Italy on uh, on Friday. Ryan, what's what's the mood in the camp? It was another defeat against England, but some positives in there again. How are you feeling looking forward to this weekend? Everyone's frustrated with the game last weekend, but yeah, everyone's obviously looking forward to Italy going out there. It's the first for most boys' year, so yeah, looking forward to it. And of course, Italy at under-20s level the last few years have been a pretty stern opponent. Yeah, um, they're a big side, obviously passionate, but last year they beat us in the Six Nations and then we went out and beat them in the summer. But I think the main thing for us, which is what we're looking at this week, is our defence and going out there and really imposing ourselves on them rather than letting them do that to us. Able to beat them in the summer, but it was a pretty tight affair, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really, really good game, obviously, to watch and and play in. Everyone was up for that game and that's what you need to beat a side like Italy because they're going to bring everything they have, so we need to bring everything we have. Of course, normally you play people home and away every two years, but the fact you had that game out in Italy last summer must mean you know pretty much what to expect. Well, the rotation every year in the squads makes it hard to know what's coming, what players are coming, but obviously reviewing the games, you kind of have a gist of what is coming. They're big on their driving malls, they'll keep it in there for as long as they can in the scrums and... Yeah, like I said, they just physically try and impose themselves on you and beat you up front. So we have to really do that to them rather than let them do that to us. What have you made of them this season and what have you been working on yourselves to try and improve? They're a bit like us this season. They're playing well at times and then the games they've played, they've come really close to winning. Unfortunately for them, they they haven't come away with a result yet. So I think this this is a big game for both of us. It'll show a lot of what we can do and what they can do, I think. We can't look at the past games and, and look at the results and then think that's what we can do because we know we can do more than that. And I think we really need to make it click in this game because Italy will try and physically dominate you. So we need everything to come together in this game to beat them. The players talked about the importance of defence there. So let's talk to defence coach Craig Everett. We're in a good position, actually, because um, we obviously had the final week. So the boys... I've had plenty of time to recover. Picked a really competitive, strong team to go to Italy and um, we fully understand the challenge that's going to come. How much do you take out of the game in Italy as recently as last summer? How exciting that game was, but I don't think we can take much because it's a completely different group. I think we just can focus on what's happened in the Six Nations and what the Euro now, what they've done for the last three games. We've looked at that and just uh, worked out plans how we can stop it. You must almost be sick of analysing the game and thinking there's lots of positives in there, but we've lost the match. <laughs> the million-dollar question. There's always areas you need to get better on, isn't there? Even if you win the game, you're still looking, how can we give the boys better opportunities? But this Six Nations campaign, we've been wrong side of the bouncing ball, I think, the first two games. The third one was a bit harder to take because I didn't think we, we turned up properly, but... The first two, I thought we were really competitive and we were in there, so it was like that was difficult to, to get past. Maybe the England game, there were periods where it looked as though you were building momentum. Oh, definitely. There's, um, there's patches of the games where we were looking really positive, but if we've been honest, we, we didn't turn up and give our best performance, which is always disappointing. So what are the particular things that you're working on? 
the biggest thing for me is like the boys have to learn from it. It's like you can't be driven by results and stuff. It's like so we got to make sure we give the boys opportunities to learn from what's happened and, and let them express themselves. We know Italy have a very very experienced pack. They're a very good scrum and they've scored five driving lineouts. So it's really exciting to see how we come up against that and how do we manipulate that and stop it. It's going to be quite hard to stop though, isn't it? Do you think? No, I think our boys are up for the challenge. They as a group want to put, put the right foot forward and I think we're working hard to make sure we put a good performance in and get a good result. And of course, that was one of the key areas in the summer. You'd have Jenkins and Chris Chunza. And when it came to important lineouts at the end, they could step up and make a difference. You need someone to imitate them, which is hard because they're already in the Wales squad. Well, obviously, it's, it's great for them two boys uh, you just named stepping up the seniors, but I think we've got the likes of Johnny Green, we've got a captain, Ryan Woodman, so we've got good enough boys in our group now who can step up to the challenge, definitely. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Now on to Wales women, a couple of big announcements made in the last few days, with 25 players now on full-time contracts, more than double the historic announcement at the start of last year, and 36 been named in the Six Nations squad. WIU Acting Chief Executive Nigel Walker still has the day job as Performance Director, of course. So he announced the expanded professional contracts. I just want to take you back to September 2021. But when I started as performance director, I was told in no uncertain terms one of my priorities would be the women's programme. And since then, I have worked hard with a number of other people. And my aim was to make it a world-class programme, one of the best programmes in the world. I think we've made enormous progress over that period of time, coming up towards 18 months now. And in January 2022, we announced the first 12 full-time professional contracts. There were then 15 part-time contracts, and by the time we got to the summer of 2022, we had 29 players there or thereabouts training full-time for the World Cup. The team acquitted itself well in the World Cup. We learnt a lot. We're implementing what we learnt as we go along, and today now we are announcing 25 full-time contracts. As we get towards Six Nations and the WXV, which will take place in the autumn, we'll supplement those with fixed-term contracts, uh, so Jung will have a number of players at his disposal. The important thing to say is it's not just about the senior team, although that is very, very important. It's about what we're doing beneath that in establishing under-20s and under-18 squad and a, a Challenge Cup team which has played fixtures against Scotland and Ireland. We're on a journey. Uh, we've made enormous progress, but we're confident we're only at the start of that journey or the relative beginning of that journey, and we're going to continue to build over the, the years to come. Nigel, have the, the full-time contracts increased in financial value? Uh, yes, they have. The top contracts are of greater value than the contracts we issued last year, absolutely. Is there a maternity clause in, in these contracts? Uh, there is, and it's something we've worked very closely with our colleagues around the UK on. There may be slight differences in, in the contract, but yes, the same provision is in place. What's the next step in terms of... Because this is just the start, isn't it? As you said, there's still a lot longer to go. You can always get better. So in terms of the additional support staff we've appointed, so we've got extensive medical cover, as you would expect, doctor, physiotherapist, strength and conditioning, that's fairly basic. But we've got a nutritionist, we've worked with a psychologist, we've got a sports scientist who we're working with. 
it's those sort of things. And you can never go too far where that is concerned. You, you don't apply resource for resources' sake, but there are always improvements that you can make in that support team. We've got a good coaching team, so there are always specialist areas that you can look at, and that's where you get the improvement. I think the important thing to say is you can have the greatest support team in the world, but the players have to respond, and I should have paid credit to the way the players have responded to the environment, how they've made the environment and the effort that they've put in, because without those two components, you'll never get to where you want to be. Some tough decisions for coach Johan Cunningham as the talent base expands. So has it all helped the mood in camp ahead of their Six Nations campaign? It's definitely a positive feel to it. Growth, we can grow, grow more as a group. We worked with 12 players last year on a full-time basis. We also had 12 part-time. But I think everyone saw the acceleration and development that we had with the 12 last year. And you know, to get 25 players now, it's just really good, really exciting. When you had that 12, an awful lot of the emphasis was on the gym, was on individual skills, inevitably. Is there going to be a different feel to the training sessions this year? Yeah, it is. From reviewing the World Cup, Kira's is what I work on. To watch how the Black Ferns played, you know, it's very much um, a catch-pass, ball-in-hand, challenging teams uh, in the face of defence. So that's what we've been working on. We're still maintaining that level of fitness and conditioning so we can play the style of rugby we want to play. But it's developing that skill set now is something that we're pushing on over the next, obviously, six nations on the corner, but developing towards you know, WXV and the next World Cup. How long does it take to get that level of skill? Because it doesn't come overnight, does it? No, it doesn't. But you know, I spoke to the group when we came in and said, look, we play the Black Ferns twice in two weeks. Now, if we can't take confidence from that as well as learn so much from it, then you know we never get a better opportunity. And you know we've taken that game apart really and gone look at how they've set up here. We can do that. It's a lot of it's about putting self-belief in players to throw that pass, to believe that someone's going to be there. You know, and that's something that we've focused on over the last few weeks as we've been in together. And hopefully we can transfer it into the game. But but you're right, it takes time as well to grow that belief and confidence to back yourself in pressure situations. So that's one of the takeouts from the World Cup. What were the other lessons learned from that? When we get opportunities, we've got to take them. Starting well is important for us. You know, the Australia game is one that, that always haunts me, really, because I felt we could have won that one, but we didn't start well at all. You know, we dropped the first kick-off, and then we were camped on 22 for 15 minutes, conceded seven points, and then that was probably the difference. So those, those are the big areas for us. The other thing off the field as well, I've said we've come back a better team because we spent time together, we've learnt a lot about each other and that holds us strong as we can move forward. So let's look at this Six Nations, obviously starts against Ireland. If you're going to achieve your targets of three wins or more, then Ireland's a must-win at the start. 100%. You know, the Six Nations is all based on momentum. It's five tests, so you know, if you start well, it helps you. If you start uh, with a loss, then it's a bit of an uphill then, you know, with a quick turnaround for Scotland and then there's a break and then you've got England coming. So... For us, uh, the first game is massive and uh, make sure that we, we start well is really important. Of course, Ireland weren't to the World Cup, so they're going to have a real point to prove. They're going to be even more determined than normal, if, if possible. 100%. They missed out on that. They're going to be doing everything they can to get to the next World Cup. They've obviously increased their provision for professional players in Ireland. They're getting better. Combined provinces played in the Celtic Challenge, you could see. I think they had about 16 internationals in that, so they're trying to spend more time together maybe following the Leinster model, I don't know, but they're spending more time together, therefore it'll push up to the international stage, so it's going to be a big test for us. 
And then Scotland and of course then with the tests against England, France to come and Italy. What can we expect overall? What are your main things going to be to look for? Points is going to be one. Uh, tries more more specific. On average we scored about two tries. You know, We need to get up to scoring four tries. Like I said, about being clinical. Um, when we get opportunities in deep in opposition half, completing them. Um, that's one thing. The other thing as well is there's still an also a little slant of eye on the future. We've got a great opportunity to start fresh now after the World Cup and go, where's our depth? There's critical positions we need more depth in. And so there'll be a little side of that as well where we expose players uh, at this level to help us ready for 2025. And how helpful in terms of that depth is the fact that there's an under-18s, under-20s, the Challenge Cup. We're beginning to see people getting regular international action at that level below now. Yeah, it's grown in the last six months, if I'm honest. Like, just suddenly you're seeing players now that you maybe weren't exposed to a level of rugby that we had last year. Take the Celtic Challenge, for example. There's about four or five girls in there that we are really excited about. So how do we accelerate them? The programme, plus the work that Lisa Burgess is doing with our pathway or pipeline with under-20s, under-18s is really, really good. And it's exciting where we'll be in about another another 12 months. But um, obviously we've got to take what's in front of us at the moment. Great. Still enjoying it? Yeah, loving it. <laughs> Cheers. Plenty more from all three Wales camps next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye.